right club. Be the right club today. Yeah. I mean, that's better than most. How about him? That is better than most. Better than most. Super quick, forgot to mention this earlier on the back half of this podcast, maybe about 50 minutes in, we have an interview with Sam Burns previewing the Players' Championship as well. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the preview show of the Players' Championship. No laying up podcast, you might be listening to it there, you might be watching it on our YouTube channel. This show is brought to you by our friends at the DraftKings Sportsbook. Solly here, DJ Pai is here. Hello, DJ Pai. Hello. The Draft King is here, Mr. TC. Hello, TC. Hot today, baby. Great week hot. last week. Great week. Almost, yeah. almost a... Uh, legendary week almost hit the hovland play too we have big randy here calling in from denver hello big hey guys i'm so appreciative you'd have me on the show today thank you he is back from suspension from a, just a perfect it was amazing it was like a two-month period exactly <laughs> that randy has not been on the show so we were just discussing webb simpson hasn't played since the sony open you think cody and i were just talking he, about that too i wonder if he's been suspended I guess more I, horrible behavior from from webb simpson allegedly he, he, he hurt his neck Okay, that, mm. that makes more sense. Right? Mm. That makes more sense. Before we get rolling too fast here, Odyssey was the number one putter on every major tour in 2021. They're number one in worldwide wins. At the last, can, can you guess how many major championships? Last, how many majors have they been the top the top putter? Uh, 49. 3,000, no, <laughs> 37 major championships across the PGA, LPGA, and Champions Tours. Not only did more pros play an Odyssey putter in those majors, but more pros won major championships in 2021 with an Odyssey. On top of that, Xander Shoffley brought home gold last year at the Olympics with an Odyssey putter as well. Being the number one putter on tour takes more than a good year. It takes consistent performance and a steady stream of game-changing innovations like the legendary White Hot Insert, a new Tri-Hot 5K, which is mind-blowing. It's a classic blade with the forgiveness of a mallet. I hope that makes as little sense to you guys as it does to me. I played it I played it today. How did it feel? Felt great. That tungsten insert is is money. People are raving about that. It's also worth noting Odyssey staffers are carrying a limited edition Odyssey uh, number 1 putter on tour staff bag starting this week. If you're watching on video, you might see that directly over my shoulder here. So, uh see what makes Odyssey the number 1 putter on tour at odysseygolf.com. Fellas, I got to say I would call my relationship with the Players Championship ever evolving. Uh, what say you, DJ? What's your relationship? You've been down here in Jacksonville the longest. Where are you at with the players? Uh, I think I have always, I, I would encourage people to check my record on my voting record on this issue. I think I've always been thoroughly, thoroughly positive about the players. I hadn't ever gone to it until I started working for the PGA Tour. So, of course, that came with its own uh, inherent bias, working for the tour, going to the players. But the whole time I worked there is one of my favorite weeks. The whole time I've lived in Jacksonville since, it's one of my favorite weeks. Uh, it's, it's great. I think we all love being in Jacksonville. I know Randy doesn't live here anymore, but I know Jacksonville has a special place in his heart. It's great to just kind of bring the whole golf world here. You know, I think people have a very preconceived notion of what Jacksonville is and the players kind of is, uh, is probably uh, maybe other than the masters, probably the best fan experience I think you can have in the world of golf. It's something I'm immensely proud to, to go to and to be in my hometown every year. I, I love the players, man. I think it's great. TC, I think we can, uh, you know, confidently say we would not all be sitting here today if it weren't for you coming down to the players in yeah. 2016. That was, uh, yeah, that's that's the reason that's the reason that Kill House is in Neptune Beach, Florida. Is uh, We were living up in Boston. Came down to visit uh, DJ and Jay down here. And uh, the rest is history. We 
great weather week, which I don't think we're going to get this week, which oh. I'm actually really glad about. Oh, save that. We, we're going to talk about that because we, uh, you know, every year since I've been here, it's been just gorgeous weather for it, and it was a way great, too good. It was Weather's like a show-stopping thing, and then and then uh, you know, even since they've moved it back to March, so. Uh, I love the players. It's great. It's uh, I would I would echo what you said, Deej. It's probably the best fan experience outside of Augusta, and uh, you know it's the greenest show on turf. To <laughs> <laughs> so say I I'm going to make you guys if you're going to rave about the weather this week, you have to go stand in the shit. Then all right, you got to go sit there. While it's raining, you have I to like take watching the, on TV. No, because you're going to ruin the in-person experience by rooting for this bad weather. All right, so I will say honestly, I, I tried to go last year. I think I've I've gotten, of course, very very spoiled by like any kind of inside the ropes access, uh, anything like that. And I was trying to be like a true fan last year. And there's like there there's the game's too big, Randy. I know you've been on this block for a long time, but mm. I wanted to go watch Colin Morikawa. I wanted to go watch all these guys up close, and I was like, "Man, there's too many fucking people out here. This is this is tough." So some bad weather. I actually could be down for putting the waterproofs on yeah. and just getting out there and put the and, golf shoes on. Yeah, that actually you, you may be swinging me on that. That could actually be really fun. I, I, like, I, don't say you may be swinging me on this. I want my my <laughs> my case to be very clear on this. For, all right, firm commitment. I will watch every shot on on site. Every shot live. Every shot live this week. I won't miss a shot. It's a it's a legitimately great golf course to watch golf on. Like it, my my favorite place is to go sit on four. Uh, right next to four green, and you could see them hit all manner of shots in there. And there's just a million different ways to play that hole. It is, you know, you're talking about, you know, some tough viewing from hole to hole and stuff like that, but it is as good of a golf course as you're going to find on the PGA Tour at giving you viewing angles. Like Mirfield Village is really, really good at it too, but it is, there's so many great places to, to watch from. There's so many places you can just go. And, and that's the thing is being in this business as long as we have now, like you have appreciation for when the actual times are that all the players are there. Like yeah. it, no pun intended by it being called the players, but like they, not every golf tournament, none of the golf tournaments on the PGA Tour do you get a field that looks like this. You have the majors and whatnot, but it is, it's amazing to go. Like the only issue I've run into with this tournament is like, how do I pick a group to follow right now? Because I'm going to miss something right now. And that and that's another thing they do a great job of is like this te- this television like broadcast is treated like a major sporting event. And you can watch it on TV and you're not missing out on things. They just have more time to breathe. There's not as many commercial breaks. The proud partners bring you so much extra coverage. It's on the and- clock. It's, it's going to be on the cock as well, I assume. Uh, and it's just a, it's a great, great, great golf tournament. I think in the past we've gotten caught up with, you know, there's a lot to make fun of with it. We you know with the way sure. it's marketed and, and we'll get there. Yeah, we'll, we'll get yeah. to that. But on its own, it is truly one of the great golf tournaments anywhere in the world, anywhere on any, on any schedule. Randy, what's your relationship with the players? Oh gosh, you know, it's so complicated. It's so deep. <laughs> We've had so many twists and turns through the years. Uh, Randy, before we came on this, said, quote, oh, Justin Thomas won last year. That's <laughs> interesting. <laughs> Be careful, you're uh, going to get suspended again. I was I was out there last year. No, I'll, I'll just echo what you guys say. I, you know, I, I would mosey out there. There were, well, like the four years I was in Jacksonville, there was at least one year where I didn't go at all. But I would, I like to go out early in the week and stay away from the big crowd. So picking out a group that's interesting to kind of walk the course with, it's it's really nice. And I will say, in all sincerity, I completely agree that it's just a great place to watch a golf tournament. Right? It, there are a lot of great sidelines, all different manners of shots. Um, it's easy relatively easy to navigate the property so th- those are all things i i really appreciate and it's a big golf tournament so that's fun 
I haven't watched much PGA golf lately, candidly. So I'm looking forward to really diving in and, and huh. following along this week. Really? really? <laughs> it's a big how, golf how, tournament without a big golfer. Well, it, mm. what's kind of interesting on what you said there, Randy, is I, I was going to say the same thing. I know we say this kind of every year as we're talking about the players, but great place to just pick, you know, almost like go down the tee time sheet and close your eyes and just put your finger on somebody that's somewhat interesting to watch and go outside those featured groups and just watch somebody play 18 holes. It's a blast because almost the opposite. So I was listening to the podcast that you guys did last night with Harry and Justin Huber and talking about Bay Hill and what a survival test it is and and how like you know just boring that can be to watch golf. Sawgrass is the complete opposite of where I've watched so many people play so many rounds out there and whether they're friends, whether they're stars, whether they're journeymen, whether they're whatever. If you can get invested in somebody's round out there, it's so fucking fun because they can make double on one they can make eagle on two they can make bogey on three they can dump it in the water on four they can make bogey on five it just is there's so many ups Nine's and downs awesome there's so many good chances for birdies eagles you have 16 17 18 that's always a blast it's just and i think that who was know, the one guy you guys went on watch the one year and you haven't shut up about it i've, I've obviously <laughs> you may be curtailed at some but you're like oh my god we watched every shot from so and so and it was amazing i'm like i've heard you describe it and it doesn't sound amazing but somehow you guys were just in awe who it was it been Roy Sabatini or something like that it was it was someone way off the map brian gay <laughs> well like we did watch somebody. brian gay i think brian gay was par- uh paired with the schlong that's right okay. and uh just watching Brad- well tron's called him the best golfer of all time not the best player of all time but the best golfer nobody's of all time. ever maximized his, his exactly. ability level as, as quite as high I, w- I went out and did it with streb a couple years sure. ago Another, you know, Hall of Fame talent. Yeah, you could see all the big names out here. Rory Sabatini, Adam Schlong, uh, Robert Streb. You know, it's uh, it, it's incredible. So it, Long, ad, Speaking of Adam Long real quick, I think he should be locked out of these golf tournaments yeah, I agree. until his good friend Rob Manfred settles this baseball labor dispute. So it, that's John Rahm, Johnny Vegas, and Cameron Young. Out of here. Do, Is John Rahm, right? John Rahm tied to no, MLB? No, Johnny Vegas and... You oh, said John, 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 John like, Rom? Oh, like Johnny Vegas. <laughs> yeah. It was so you weirdly said too. John Rom and John Vegas. But <laughs> either way, the oh. point stands. And if John Rom wants to sit out as well in solidarity with the players, I think that's that's totally that's fine cool. by us. Yeah. There is no big golfer, as I believe we teased a week before. I think this wrist injury is a little bit uh, more serious than they're leading on. He the, is The fake news media was wrong, though. Way wrong. Uh, yeah. Sheesh. Many inaccurate media reports out there. And it is our fault. We should have noted that the any updates on his schedule will come from his him and his camp only. So, or his but, teens. Yeah. <laughs> or his, his team or his teens. Or they will keep you, keep you posted. Boys. Rick, I know this one sucks yeah, for you, I was, Randy. Wait, I was debating whether to bring this up. Ricky not in the field this week. Um, no. Global Golf Post kind of firing some shots at him today. Their, their, their headline on their the uh, when it hit the inbox was... the. It's like cold case. Where, where is Ricky Fowler? <laughs> it's safe to be on that now. Randy was on this block in 2016. I, I I needed this backup like five years ago. <laughs> uh, Ron Green Jr. Uh, tough to imagine the best putter in the world falling this far. You'd think, you'd think that putter would keep him in it. I will say, man, think about coming off of uh, that was 2015 that Ricky won. Think about coming off that week and, and just saying like, hey, you know, whatever, seven years from now. There's going to be a tournament with no Ricky, no Tiger, no Phil. How do you think you're going to feel about it? I mean, it's weird that my excitement for this week is at a complete all-time high, uh, despite those three three people not being on property. It's a little bit strange that there's not a, a 
10-year exemption for players. Five seems a little right? short. Honestly does. You know, for as much protection as the tour actually provides for a lot of its players, it, it feels like players champ. I almost think it could kind of be a lifetime kind of thing. Or I think they're trying to match the other majors, right? I mean, I think that... Or they, the one that they want to match the most, though, has a lifetime exemption. That's true. So does the Open, too. But I think. they're also trying to keep the best. It's a, it's a balance. Yeah. They're also trying to keep the best yeah. field in golf. They don't want a bunch of hangers on. They don't want Craig Perks you know? out there. So what? Anger. If you're 125th, the top 125 from the previous year gets in. Yeah, know? I think it's. And then top 50 in the world. World ranking exemption. And then, yeah, a couple, you know, finishes last year. Um, and then, yeah, exemptions for winners, things like that. I think uh, there's FedEx. Well, I guess FedEx Cup stuff would be tied in with top 125 from last year. But, um yeah, there's uh, they do a pretty good job, man, of keeping it to it, it. What's so cool about this, I think, is and you would always see this. We talk about this a lot on the podcast every year, it seems like. But they have a great first timers press conference where they always have like all the, the people who are there for the first time. And that's, you know, it's you get some interesting stuff from that. But it's it's more just cool to see like, oh, shit, this person's making their first start or this person is in the field, you know, blah, 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 because there's so many of these tournaments where it's just such a cool mix of both veterans, huge names, top 50 in the world, and then also like, hey, here's this guy who, you know, is a rookie and is trying to make a bunch of noise. And it's just not a, this, there's this, not a lot of fat. It's just a really, yeah. really cool mix, this uh, which a lot a of tournaments don't really nail. That, yeah. that, to your point, like, that's a really big deal for the players. Yeah. Like, and it's not something that I've always treated as a big deal. And I don't think a lot of fans obviously don't treat it the same level as the majors. But like, they, I mean, I don't know. That's the constant... We don't have to relitigate that, but like the yeah. excitement level kind of is matches that, right? This is your first time playing in the players, and that means a lot to a lot and of. And it these feels guys. like a bigger deal in March than it did in May. In May, yeah. I felt like it just kind of got lost in the shuffle, and you're already in the midst of golf season and everything. It it truly feels like, you know, along with the West Coast swing, it feels like, hey, we're about to embark on a nice stretch of of golf for the next few months here. Well, I'm I don't, gonna, I don't flip flop every year. I think on whether I think it should be March <laughs> or May. I mean, that one the the firmer, much more firm, and the Bermuda play I think is great. I think the course plays better for the locals here. You know, when they don't do the overseed, um, I think it's going to be really hard to get to play. F- I don't know how you get overseed to play firm. I'm, I mean, I, even when it hadn't rained in a few in, yeah. like, in a few weeks, a couple of years ago. The, Guys were getting mud balls in the fairway. Like they're just they're depleting the hell out of our aqua. I, I that was an alley oop for TC here. But I can't tell you enough like how much water they're using over there. It's insane. It's I and that's good. where like I'm not as excited about the conditions this week as yeah. I think you guys are. It thunderstorms are not good for golf. It is going to soften the place the course. is soaked anyway. It is, yeah. but that means no playing. That means you know, and then you're moving tee times around. That means there's some chaos to that. But you're not yeah. playing through a thunderstorm and. That throws a whole new element in the week that you know, it's not great for once we go out there later in the week, walking through the mud and things like that. It's, you Tom know, wind, on 12. wind elements, give me all that. I'm in on that cold. I don't even mind. I don't mind putting a beanie on and doing that. That's actually really fun to go watch golf that way. But you, you mix some rain in there. One, that's not good. That's not good. Two, thunderstorms are not good. for. Golf. Although it looks like it showers. Not necessarily thunderstorms, which Slight is weird this time of, of year. Yeah. yeah, and it's supposed to get down to fifty. A high on Sunday is fifty-four degrees. It's people are going to learn what Florida cold is. I was talking <laughs> with Harry last night. I was like, "You got like, you got like cold weather stuff." He goes, "Yeah, I got a quarter zip." It's like, no, dude, fifty <laughs> high of fifty-three in Jacks like with wind. Johns. That is four layers. Four layers. I think he gets the the high of fifty-three in Dallas with wind. Yes. Is, is pretty fucking cold as well. He'll he'll, he'll get the feeling. 
he has one quarter zip is what he said. I don't <laughs> think that's going to be good enough. He might be doing the, uh, you know, who is it at the at the Masters every year? Larry Mize or one of those guys who always has like the the pro shop hat on. <laughs> uh, that could be Harry. The player's got a $250 gift card to the pro shop. There. Very cool. And, and so, uh, so he can get some new socks or something. He might, <laughs> he might be able to go shopping in there. So TC, are we getting any north winds this week? TBD, the uh, wind forecast has not really been updated too much. Looks like it's out of the east, uh, either the southeast uh, tomorrow. We got some 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 east winds this past week, and uh, but I think otherwise it's just going to be regular kind of seasonal out of the west winds. But it sounds like uh, you know the we're just going to have to make do with the cold. Okay. Mm. Okay. Do we want to do the the fifth major stuff? What's to say? Well, the only reason I bring it up is because, you know, thinking about this podcast and what we're going to say and blah, blah, blah. And, and on one hand, you know, you ask kind of like impressions up front. And my thought or my, my kind of like headline on it is like, man, if you were going to make a modern golf tournament, modern big golf tournament, like I don't know what you'd change from the players. Right. Right. Like it, it feels like, like, man, that's hell yeah. Like that's what a modern golf championship should look like. And I get that it's like 40 years old now, but, and it's kind of been ever evolving, but it, it seems like they've got it to a really, really good place. And I think one thing we've always said about it, I, I know Tron and I have said this for a long time. is like, yo, just shut up about it. Just like, just let it, be, just let it, let it, be, it be, be its thing. Just yeah. let it be its thing. And then I'm kind of having a bit of a come to Jesus moment a little bit with like, right. But they, they've kind you of know, accepted this in our head. Yeah. Right? They kind of like uh, how much of what I'm saying and how much I'm raving about it is because they were doing all this dumb shit. And, uh, <laughs> I'm just having a hard time separating those two things in, in my head right now. I, I don't disagree. I think it'd be, it'd be dumb if they didn't market the tournament. Right. And I think everyone can have an opinion on how, how they market it. it it's just it, the defaulting to commercials for it. When you haven't sold a spot is like, <laughs> I feel like you can kind of punt you know, 30 sure. seconds to a minute of coverage time back. And I know that's not how the contracts work, whatever, but that's where you're going to frustrate some hardcore fans is it just as takes it a little bit self-serious, I think. I, I think there's a certain, it's a certain window into the tour psyche, right? You've got the vestiges of Tim Fincham with the faux Tuscan, you know, the the most understated clubhouse in the game. Uh, you know, there's there's a little bit of an inferiority or just a just a chip on his shoulder. Like you go over there, it was funny. My parents were both wearing Augusta National, like they were wearing Masters logos today, and I was like, that's an affront to can't do that everything over at Aga- or over at Sawgrass this week because they are very very like they have a chip on their shoulder because they want to be they they want this to be on par with the Masters, which like. It's probably worth noting, and correct me if I'm wrong on this, this is the biggest money golf tournament that's ever been played this week. There's never been a $20 million purse for a golf as, tournament. It's not as big as the Big Money Classic. TZ, I was going <laughs> to make the exact same joke. For the actual money played. Maybe this is the Big Money money Classic. How sick would it be if the tour defaulted on their purses? <laughs> couldn't, couldn't pay out, guys. Oh. Google the Big Money Classic, by the way, if you have no idea what we're talking about. That'd but, be a tough timing for them. I think if the, if the paychecks didn't cash this week, okay, they're clear. That would be a, I think that would be pretty tough I timing. I mean, the tours, you know, thinking back to where we were, Two years ago now, the tour is having a bit of a moment, right? Like hundred percent. Two years ago, we were we were we we had the Chainsmokers concert. Monahan was up on CNBC announcing all the red lights are just flashing. Stock in the background. market's down a thousand points. <laughs> PGL is knocking on the doorstep, you know. And now it's they've they've kind of consolidated power, circled the wagons. They've got the horses in the back. Truly, they've got every player. You know, pledging. We've got everybody. Pledging fealty. Everybody pledging fealty. Everyone's <laughs> dancing. They're kissing the ring. Dancing, <laughs> dancing on Phil's grave. You had a great <laughs> event out at 
Riviera. You had, I mean, yeah, like that's kind of we were texting about this morning. If they have like an epic all time Sunday, which like with conditions and with an awesome field and with these holes that are super recognizable, which is a whole other aspect of the tournament that we can get into, how how much that plays into the history and the relatability and the watchability of this thing. Could be could be an all time halt like legitimately all time high watermark for the PJ Tour, it not for be. golf necessarily, yeah. but like because Tiger, you know, I think what Tiger did obviously is insane in two thousand, but that's so majors based, right? And and this is like when you're when you're talking PJ Tour specifically, it's like man, they've they have really whipped the chick in the last very, <laughs> the last eighteen months. Two here. very different things, too. Exactly, right? professional golf at large and PJ Tour specifically. Yeah, exactly. Uh, but I like you know. Also, it seems like it could be the first the first time when we've had something relatively similar to that Davis Love victory in the rain. That was kind of that iconic cloudy images in the rain and all that. And he's wearing that pullover and all that. But that's just what I come back to is if if they want to be a major, really, really, really bad, then you can't like. I think they've got to go back to at least doing less overseed and making the golf course firmer and faster. I don't disagree. I'm cu- very curious in what this is year f- three, third full year in back in March, you know, with, with 2020 getting canceled, right? Does that sound right? Um, I think so. I'm curious how the, how the course plays this time around. Cause I think it has not played as good as that they would like it to in previous iterations. I think that seeps through into how the players react to it, how it yeah. is viewed on television, all that. Can I do a little quiz with you guys here? Please, please do. Mm, I'm just always good at these. Yeah. Random question. This is not about history, though, Randy. You might have a good shot oh. at this. I'm just going to throw out a pick. Pick a place, uh, a, a, a place in the tournament to finish. 60th, 15th, t38, t38 uh, uh, place. What do you think 38th place pays this week? A million dollars. Uh, close. <laughs> 100, uh, 130 grand. Randy. Oh, I was going to say like. Six hundred thousand. <laughs> okay, well, this isn't that fun. Ninety-five thousand dollars. Okay. If you finish fifth place, how much money do you make this week? That's a million dollars. Seven hundred. Yeah, a million. Eight twenty. <laughs> Runner up. One point six. That's a good guess. Two point one eight. Oh my god! More than Scheffler and Neiman just won for winning the elevated events. Winner gets three. $3.6 million. This Holy week. shit. Third place, 1.38. Fourth, almost clears a million, 980. Tenth wow. place, 545. Everyone that finishes 36th or better makes at least 100K. Everyone 23rd or better finishes makes at least 200K. Uh, and then the last place to make the cut, 65th place, will get $43,000. I'm surprised they're not paying out for, for guys that missed the cut. I think they do. I think they get. I kind of think they do too. It's like five k. I think just for qualifying yeah. for the players or something like that. God, it's could truly, it's truly that. the gold standard. That could the, be the U.S. Open. The gold too. bar standard. Well, <laughs> before we get into picks, you guys want to talk about some of the. Uh, that was stupid. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Many people are saying we need to get off the gold standard as well, but that's a whole other topic. All right, looking at the board, JT and the buoy. That's what they. Uh, it's listed here at plus one thousand. <laughs> DraftKings has it let the listed as the buoy there at plus one thousand. That seemed right for JT and Rom to have the same odds. Defending champ. Rom's it's I was digging in a little bit more on on the stat the stats aren't the putting and chipping stats are tough, man. I, great. I I keep wanting like we'll get to picks eventually here. And I and I really wanted to turn Rom into the like the stock that's just like, hey man, I hope it keeps going down. I'm just gonna keep buying, buying, buying because you Bitcoin. know it's gonna click and, and maybe it very well. I mean, he's still far and away the best player in the world, and I don't think it would be a shock to anybody if he did win this week. But yeah, the putting keeps getting worse and the chipping keeps getting worse, which is weird. He's still striking the shit out of the ball, 
and still driving it great. It's just, uh, it's a little strange. <laughs> to that point, yeah. him and JT still seem in different worlds to me, but... It I'd seems like the chi- the chipping could get better this week because it's so lush, right? I don't know. But then it also would be in like Phoenix and some of those places too. Sure. Right? So I don't know. It uh, I, I I take issue two months into, the, into this year with Colin Rom far and away the best player in the world now. I mean Morikawa, mm. it's been a sleepy. It's been a oh no, never mind. Mm. Actually, I'm back on the other side. I don't want to give Randy <laughs> whips any. of some stink. Yeah, mm. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> God damn it! Uh, I'm worried about JT if it's truly. Windy and rainy and everything. Is JT a mutter? That's what I was going to say. Uh, I don't think, he's, I don't think, so, I don't think he's going to grind. Yeah, he's I not done go- well in British Opens, but I, I, it was not easy last year, if I remember right. I mean, it wasn't like a, a shootout birdie fest last year. I just worry year. about guys that the are going to get you know, hot, hot, kind of wet flyers and stuff. And, and, you know, he gets a little bitchy sometimes. He definitely does, but... JT's like a dressage horse. <laughs> exactly. You put, you, you put him in Charlotte, good weather, he's going to absolutely oh, blow the field forget away. About, yeah. Forget about it. Get him down there at, at uh, Wellington outside of Palm Beach. <laughs> we've, we've moved on from he can't win a full, uh, a, uh, a full field event now that he won the players last year, I guess. But I was going to... Well, I was going to say... technically was, a full field event? Oh, yeah. 156. Uh, Morikawa has had a he's not been playing coming into this week a whole lot. He's he's as had a slow start to the uh, to the season. And if you haven't listened to our episode with him last week, I know Apple Podcast listeners had some issues with the uh, episode. God, he was absolutely feeling himself. Yes, that whole interview was great. He is extremely confident, <laughs> yes. like a very very confident individual. I kept trying to trying to get a little bit of not something not confident out of him, and that that just never happened. Randy, uh, I know I know you haven't been watching much golf, for, so for you and the listeners at home, you want to hear more how his finishes this season? Yeah, please, please. Uh, starting at the CJ Cup, second T seven, T five, T five, T sixty two in Abu Dhabi, T fit T eighteen in Dubai, and T two. In other words, has not finished uh, outside the top ten. On American and his soil, putting has been putting has been good, outrageously I, I, good. I, I, listen, I, 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 I love, I will formally I love apologize. Colin. I'll formally apologize for questioning his his putting. Uh, not for not for pointing out some of the short misses. Him and well. Zalatoris have gone in completely different directions. Yeah, Zalatoris still has a little shaky. Has the oh. the figure eight going? I saw some of that at Bay Hill, but <laughs> Morikawa, it, it seems too obvious. He's not going to be in my picks, which we're going to get to. Like. Yeah, I almost put all 200 on him to, to win it plus 1600 and then I just didn't You're pick speaking him. Speaking my language. I just I didn't pick him because it's like, oh, it's way, way too obvious that he's going to win. And we talked about that last week. He said, don't bet on me because every time you do, I, I play poorly, so I'm not going to do it to him. But Morikawa and the Are players. Are you guys colluding? He might win. That's interesting. No, just to be very clear. Are you trading on non-public information? PGA Tour. No, delete. No, take it away. Take it away. I don't want to get Morikawa suspended. Uh, integrity policy. I can't think of like a better golf course for him to play than, yeah. than this one. So crazy. I know. Scheffler can't lay and or first of all, Rory at plus sixteen hundred. Does that seem about right? Yeah, I, I don't know. I, like another guy, not I'm a kind of just right? what like no. what else am I going to say about Rory at this point? Yeah, <laughs> it's like I don't know, man. We we kind of you know he's he's kind of the the just another guy, right? Like. He needs to be lumped into the just another guy I, I, category until we until he starts blowing people's doors off. I can't again. say anything bad about him because I cashed my twenty two to one uh, first round leader play. Happy for last you. week on him. So, but yeah, you know, like he he's definitely he's going to come out firing. This would be a great course for him. He said uh, before the season that he's, he's going to stop hitting as many drivers, hit more three woods. This could be 
We'll see if that's actually the case. Here, yeah. Right. Why? Yeah. I mean, <laughs> why? I feel like this is a golf course. Yeah. That makes those decisions pretty obvious for the yeah. longest hitters. Right. I mean, it's, there's not like, there's not one, I can't think of like one shot. That's like, okay, take on this risk with drive, like bomb it over everything with driver here. And like, that's how the hole gets easier. I mean, 18, I would say street, 16, maybe a little bit. Yeah, but I think it's still like hit a right to left driver here if you want to get around the corner more than it is like if you want to carry this bunker and take a line that no one else is, is taking, go ahead. 18, I mean, 18, obviously take as much off the water as you want. It's just not a 15, there's not that much benefit to going, you know, hugging yeah. a driver down the right, drawing a driver around the corner on two, not necessarily. It's just, I think there's so many holes like like a hole like number five where it's almost like five or seven would be, but even five is like it seems, if I'm remembering right, but yeah, but it almost seems like the more you like draw it off that bunker, uh, unless I'm, yeah, yeah, unless I'm remembering right, yeah, you go through and you hit that like down slope and kick into that left left rough and then you're totally hosed and it's technical skiing it is, it is moguls yeah. double black diamond it is not it's, te- it's telemark skiing yes <laughs> many, it is. many people are saying that <laughs> very many people are saying it it uh there's consequence to pretty much every shot um i hope the rough's not not up too thick and that we get a little bit of firmness on it after what we just watched last week we don't need to relitigate that unless you guys have any takes you'd like to get out about about bay hill but uh um, you guys absolutely rocked it it was great. took a long time to get through everything. It's great. It's a complicated, complicated issue. Yeah. Complicated conversation. We didn't even talk about how it all ties back to distance, right? And yeah, the, uh, fact, the fact that they keep killing the greens there. Maybe at one point they're just going to hope that they kill them off for good and they don't have to go back. That'd be interesting. It's uh, <laughs> golf aside. Yeah, I've been deep in the chipping stats here, looking at of course oh, our, our friends. At love Data, that, DJ. Our friends at love Data Golf, that. of course, showing where you know where people tend to shine on this golf course. Rory chipping his face off. Does Rory strike you as like an exceptional chipper? It's been really good. Depends on what day of the week it is. Chipping yeah, this season or chipping at TPC? Yeah, just at like the last or couple last couple tournaments. Gaining almost a half a shot at Bay Hill, positive at Genesis, three quarters of a shot in Dubai, almost a full shot. In What's Abu considered Dhabi. a chip? Well, see, that's where I struggle with that a little bit in that in a small sample size, I think, and I'm not an expert on this, but... I think you can end up with, like, if you're hitting it in all the right areas, missing in the right spots, your up and downs are not that difficult. And yeah, you're getting some credit totally if fair. you're putting yeah, from yeah. the fringe a lot. And I don't know if that stuff evens out over a bigger <laughs> sample size. I don't, yeah. uh, you know, you could have one bad chip really weigh you down too. Or, you know, sure. uh, you know if you chili dip one of them or a bad bad lie in the bunker, a plug lie or something like that can really, I don't know. That's I, fair. I don't think, I don't, I would not consider that stat to be super predictive. And same with putting, though. I don't. I mean, what is the limit for chip for considering a chip versus? I think it's. I want to say forty yards and in is like a is around the green or something like that. But there's all kinds of adjustments that get made based on you know punch outs and all this stuff that is a layer of strokes gain that I don't pretend to understand. I was emailing Mark Brody about it this past week, trying to understand it. I'm like, yeah, I'm good. I retire. (laughs) What's uh? But if you if you look at the radar plot for TPC Sawgrass on Data Golf, it shows like it is one of the more exacerbated driving accuracy emphasis golf courses here. And I want to point this out and that like I think. A lot of people that, you know, have takes on, on Bay Hill or like, this is how it should be. Like driving accuracy needs to be rewarded. Like this is what you, this is where this happens more so than a golf course with narrow fairways and thick rough. This, I know it sounds counterintuitive, but Sawgrass has all kinds of weird lies, pine straws, moguls, little mounds off the, off the fairway. The very first hole, like the tee box points you to, to, you can easily cover the right bunker. It's so, it's very easy. And like, you want to hit it 
just in that rough over that bunker. I can promise you just don't want to be there. Like it is a great punishment for like your, your shortest line to the hole is straight over that bunker into those right moguls. There's no good lies over there. It makes your second shot that much Draws harder. your eye over. Yes. And that's the whole thing with TPC Sawgrass. And it, it was rewarding for hitting fairways in a better way than just like ankle deep rough a foot off the fairway. So stupid question, or maybe stupid question, is like when you look at the strokes gained off the tee stats for Sawgrass for previous years, it's more weighted towards hitting fairways than it is to distance based on I would say more weighted to accuracy than hitting fairways which are two different, different things, things yeah. right in that you you know I would say at TPC as well small misses are very different than the big misses right I mean if, if you are running a couple feet into into rough your angles usually aren't that bad whereas like if you're off in the pine straw you're in some trouble like it, you're it's really really difficult and then, and then, and then you got to take your medicine and like yeah well, that's what I was gonna say is it gets so exacerbated and compounded because the greens are so hard too yeah. right so if you can't come in from the right place then you're probably hitting it in the like a horrible I mean, spot like around the greens then you probably spots. can't get up and down and that's where it's just like man you just turn fours into fives and fives yeah. into sixes so fast which to your point tc i'd say like for bay hill where the thick, super thick rough is a foot off the fairway, and like the trampled down stuff is further away, then I think that de-emphasizes yeah. driving accuracy. Yeah. Like you can hit a very accurate drive that ends up in rough, and that's where it's like the, the people don't like the fair word, but like we we're like we we're talking about Rory bombing one three thirty over the water on number six. You can't stop it in time before it runs into the rough. Then it's like yeah. you've you've lit, you've just gotten rid of like there is no accurate shot in that regard, and that's just where the test gets lost. Which Again, polar. I just think it's a polar opposite design. I, I think TPC is genius. It's not the most fun in the world to play, but like if we're talking about a golf course design to test the execution ability of the top players in the world, this is it. It's not a ton of strategy. It's a fair amount, I would say. Do you guys disagree with that? I mean, I don't think it's, you know, there's some risk reward, but for the most part, it is like an execution test. Uh, yeah. yeah, I feel like it's a lot of <laughs> it's it's a lot of like driving with uh, the the hands on the steering wheel at nine and three. Yeah. Right. You're you're not trying to uh, not try to do anything crazy. Let's just keep this thing on the road, man. And and occasionally, you know, you got to straight away. You can you can open it up a little bit, but that's not going to be the whole drive. You got to you got to really keep your hands on the steering wheel rather than just let it rip. Totally agree. TV schedule for this week: Golf Channel on Thursday, Friday from 12 p.m. to 6 p.m. Saturday on NBC from 1 p.m. to 6 p.m. Uh, Sunday is it 12 to 6 p.m.? I, I may have it wrong here. I don't remember what it actually is. But well, well what about the cock? I don't know about the cock. I I, mm. I don't think it's gonna. I don't think it's you're gonna be flipping on the cock for some exclusive coverage this week. As we said, the cock is never. It's never gonna be for what you want. When did Except Webb the Simpson Fresh Prince win? reboot? When did Webb Simpson win? That was 2018. 2018. Okay. And that was in May. Good job, Randy. That was I in was May. I was deep in the Webb Simpson research prior to this. <laughs> and that one was like, like he just, did he drive it well as well, or did he just putt that well that week? That he did everything well. I think his he iron blew everybody's was, doors off. I've tried to forget that. Yeah. Because it, <laughs> it was a complete, like, oh, Webb is sweet. That was, a, that was a good tournament. That was that was uh, that was a tour de force. That was during the the Webisons, I think, when he was really every he was kind of the butt of everybody's jokes on the Ryder Cup teams and stuff like that. And then I, I think that was kind of the peak. Like you know what, actually, Webb might be sweet, which I think we've enjoyed, a period. I think we've enjoyed it to this day. I can't wait till Webb starts his own design firm. <laughs> <laughs> it's just the place playing the hits. He's got to hit all five of his of his main things to hit. He's got he's like four for five now. You guys want to get into some picks? Do I say anything about the Hogard twins? TC? <laughs> well, no, I, I, you know, you guys were pointing out some stats about uh, about the Hogards. They're 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 they're, they're European Lanto Griffiths. <laughs> Which, uh, well, as we could move off of this. 
I was going to send you the Lonto. And Lonto Griffin. We have a bingo. <laughs> I was trying to hit all, touch them all, baby. Before we get into picks here, this, this first sentence of this is going to be very obvious considering what we just talked about for the past 35 minutes. But the players have made their way to the Sunshine State for the Players' Championship and DraftKings Sportsbook, an official betting operator of the PGA Tour, has a gimme for new customers. Place any golf bet of at least $5 and you get $100 in free bets no matter what. You can bet a golfer to win, bet single-round matchups, and so much more. As long as you throw in $5, you'll get $100 in free bets. DJ knows a thing or two about free bets based on his pick from last week. If Sportsbook isn't available in your state, you can still get in on the PGA Tour action. Everyone can play for huge cash prizes with DraftKings Daily Fantasy Golf Contest. Draft your lineup of six golfers and compete for over $10 million in prizes this week for the Players' Championship. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code NLU. Place a golf bet of at least $5 and get $100 in free bets no matter the outcome. That's promo code NLU at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official betting partner of the PGA Tour. 21 and over restrictions apply. See show notes for details. So for... You know, it being a, a semi-major championship week, you know, if, if you're new to, to following our previous shows or anything like that, or usually just a podcast listener, every week we make picks on our YouTube channel and on our Instagram, Twitter, what whatnot, and we pick 100. You have five picks, and you do 100 nuggets per week. You can bet whatever you want, but you can't bet any minus odds. It's for entertainment purposes only. Everyone giving a shit for our bad betting record. You can suck Speak it. for yourself. I know, it's true. I think the boys have kind of turned it around. We, we're, we're turning we're, the ship around. Yeah, we've made it. It's we, long season. And we've given long ourselves season. some tough parameters. Exactly. We've got to follow the same exactly. amount every five week. Five plays is, is very limiting. We, to we're going to give TC, of course, the, the floor here to litigate the five plays. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but for major championships. He's got the black. He's playing blackout bingo where he needs to hit every space on the card for it to count. Uh, for major championships, <laughs> say some things about the Foz. <laughs> we go for 200 nuggets each. So give us a little chance to try to catch the draft king right now. Um, I know I could use a little little boost in that. I had, I had trouble in living it to five plays this week. But uh, who want DJ? You want to take us first? Wait, but housekeeping wise, any pouches? Let's oh, get of course. to that. Let's do that. There's TC, big... thank you very much for paying off your pouch. You want to tell us about yeah, that? Yeah, what happening? We. Um, this was uh, Neil. Neil actually allowed me to pay two pouches at the same time, which was, it, a was a, it was a bit, it was a major pouch, completely unilateral decision uh, that he yeah. just made. We it gotta and talk left, about left the country. We're still Quid talking about your quo. sanctions from a couple weeks ago. So I had a bad entrance of my picks, which was wrong, and you tried to give me a half trainer, which would have been I have to bet half my pot on Martin Trainer. Neil did this today, messed up his picks, and TC was like, "Oh, I'll fix it for him. I got, it, I got it, bud." So now we're looking into a little today, quid, a little quid pro quo. Today, what did yeah, he, he only put 100 nuggets in, so you're like, oh, I'll, I'll double it for him. Yeah, we'll, we'll make it, it 200. Oh, he didn't know that it was 200. Oh, I told on, him it was 200. Argentina tonight <laughs> honeymoon. I was very confused on the day I made the error, so we're looking into the quid pro quo with, between okay. the brothers. Being no collusion, the, no collusion. <laughs> but uh, so Cuomo brothers during, working together here. <laughs> yeah, this is bad. During, uh, you know, after hearing this Morikawa stuff, like we may have to do a, an NLU integrity policy. That's here, fair. Right? I like that. So fair, no more talking about professional golfers <laughs> for you. Uh, no, so today at lunch, Cody went down with me. We stopped at, uh, at a pharmacy on the way down, picked up some poster board, and I wrote out, uh, I said, drain the moat on the one side. Uh, I crossed out live under par. On the other side, I said, connect the intracoastal to the 17th pond. Of course. Any updates on that? A couple infrastructure about plan? Coke Rack on there. Uh, and I, I stood outside of the Global Home, a.k.a. the PGA Tour headquarters, for... Uh, 20 minutes or so <laughs> got some honks got some, all sorts of stuff so uh it was fun it was it was also emasculating and completely embarrassing and uh yeah so and then oh i also a death panel 
Oh, uh, that's okay. huge. Which I think mm. if they do the mm. death panel in the future, they should make the guys, like they should do it during players week. Make them go mm-hmm. into the global home and have the like the, the tribunal. I think that would there. be a true like circle of life since they're now doing the Hall of Fame yeah. ceremony at the global home. You could also do the death panel cel- yeah. ceremony at the global. I home. would say even you know put make a little display, put their names up there. Yeah, at least not? recognize yeah. who has been. Are yeah. they doing the the Hall of Fame thing this week? They are Fincham and Tiger, right? Exactly, among others. Yeah, whom I can't remember, but yes, uh, Tiger here. I don't know. I bet uh, he'll. I'm sure he'll be there. Wednesday night or whenever that is. I have another question. Did they do the cam, the parking lot cam? Did not this weekend. No, no early arrivals. Like, I saw some day. arrival videos. Like they've been doing those NBA style, you know, but not during the up. Bay Hill. This but past I did week. not see any of the live look-ins. Yeah, which that I think w- was a, maybe the worst offender of kind of some of the stuff we were talking about earlier. Exactly. Yeah. Although I would, I would like to see you know somebody like a Kyle Kuzma or something like that when he was wearing that pink sweater. Like you show <laughs> Brooks or you, you, know, you yeah. show Rory. Dude, you know we're who's in something I think out, we're trending outrageous. There. You know who's the best at this so far? Who's a trendsetter in this space? Tony Fino. Tony Fino. No, He's got those produced no. videos. Yeah. And all that I, stuff. I, I know you're trying to make a point here, and I can't <laughs> tell you how much you're making my point for me. Yes. I don't you. even know if I'm trying to make a point. I'm just trying to make getting you to acknowledge that the guy's got swag. I, I can't tell you like what a what a great asset he is off the golf course. I'm with you. I'm with you. I mean, that, let's see how it goes this week. That could be a pip sweepstakes. Though. Exactly. If guys start showing up to the course, kind of like the cat when he had his sunglasses and backward his hat. That was epic. You know? All right. I think we're six minutes into the picks here, and uh, <laughs> I think it is time to get the picks. DJ, why don't oh, you sorry. Lead, yes. lead us off? All right. Well, I'm going with. First of all, can you say something about your pick? Your pick. Happily. Happy to talk about last week's picks. Uh, pick, I should say. I believe we said that the limit. The, the lower limit was it had to be plus 100 or better. I was operating within that. I picked a plus 100 bet, which hit, uh, mind you. Uh, Randy and I were on an extremely, extremely time-intensive shoot last week. We had two minutes to break away and shoot our videos. So, listen, if it was between pissing you guys off and pissing off the people who who were on the shoot, I'm, shoot I'm happy shoot. to take whatever, happy to take whatever, uh, you know, strife Indeed. from you guys that... that is necessary. DJ, I'm, so, I'm sorry on behalf of both of us that we we rocked them. <laughs> exactly. We absolutely exactly. rocked them. That's my ass taste based on those picks, by the way. I shouldn't that make your players <laughs> picks. If there's a lesson to be to be learned here is that I shouldn't be thinking about these picks quite so much. That said, <laughs> I spent about four hours making these picks today. <laughs> so I'm sure we're gonna be dialed. Uh complete home game for Cam Smith, you know. Uh, Low-key been one of the best players in the world this season. Uh, his odds are he's plus 3,000 to win. Uh, I'm going to go with him plus 330 for a top 10. T17 here last year. Look at his strokes gain. Data go- We've shout out, shout out the Data Golf website all the time. Uh, but they have individual, you know, round by round. Do you gain strokes or do you lose strokes to the field? He's lost, like, since the Tour Championship last year, he's lost strokes to the field, like, three rounds total. Like, he just... Always plays so, so solid. Great iron player. Great chipper. Uh, just, I'm, I'm all in on Cam Smith this week. Can't wait to watch. Home game models, baby. And it's a practically a home game. Uh, the guy in my aforementioned pick from last week, Little Matt Fitzpatrick, had a great week. I think, whatever, T9 or something last week. Uh, he was T9 here as well last year. He's played it like five times now. It's one of those places, you know, you never have the rookie winner. It's It takes a while for guys to get their feet under him here. Uh, and Matt Fitzpatrick's been playing low-key very nice. Top 10 for him as well, plus 400. Uh, another guy, similar game, little Corey Connors, uh, mm. plus two sixty, uh, seventh here last year. I think I was kind of had him in mind, Tali, when you're talking about like 
how's the golf course play in March versus versus May? I don't think it's playing nearly as fast. I think it's played much more to uh, the strength of someone like Corey Connors, uh, who doesn't, you know, it doesn't always show up on like massive stages. So uh, I like him here at the players plus two sixty for a top twenty. Another top 20 play, Taylor Gooch, been playing awesome, plus 250, was uh, quietly fifth here last year, if you remember. I think he maybe was in like the last group Don't. last year, and, and I think maybe got his doors blown off on that, Sunday, if I'm if I'm remembering correctly. S- Sunday at Bay Hill for him, too, was, I mean, he shot 43 on the front nine yesterday yeah. and, and came back and was like two under on the e- back. Exactly. I think he's finished like top 30 in, I think, whatever, it's six yeah. of his last eight tournaments or something. He's just been playing really, really nice. My big, big swing. I uh, just got huge news. Tea times came in while we're doing this. Oh, uh, so I was going to, info. I was going to make a first round leader pick, but I wanted to make sure this guy was going off Thursday morning instead of Thursday afternoon. Patrick Cantlay, round one leader, plus twenty eight hundred. Shockingly bad record here. He hasn't played great here, right? but but probably, I mean, uh, other than maybe Morikawa, probably got to be like the most solid, yeah. solid guy on the planet right now. The best guy to you know, if you're going to pick an eighteen hole, eighteen hole shootout. Got to like Patrick Cantley. That's like the guy with the worst, like Spieth. I know. Terrible record here. I you know. Think Very frustrating. Shot golf course. And- but a terrible record is not a pre is not yeah, indicative that you're going to have a bad tournament. Yeah, like, it's really weird. Those are my picks, Randy. What do you got? Thank you, DJ. Sure. Um, my picks. I would fade all of these. I don't really know much going in, but let's start. I'm I'm going to jump on the Matty Fitzpatrick bandwagon. I love this offer from DraftKings. Bogey free first round. Uh, plus fourteen hundred. I'm putting forty Ooh, nuggies on it. I like that. Um, the other thing I meant to say about Fitzpatrick, Randy, is if if the weather gets shitty and it gets really hard on Sunday, we know who the who the like yeah. hard conditions guy is. Fitzpatrick. He, uh, he's you know, a grinder. Yes. It's probably uh, we got to measure his hand size. Just like you know, <laughs> Kenny Pickett, Teddy Teddy Bridgewater, Matt Fitzpatrick, things of that nature. That's that's exactly right. Uh, so we're putting forty nuggies on him to have a bogey for your first round. I don't know why, but I'm I'm starting to stockpile my my Brooks Kepka position going mm. into major season this year. So I got two plays involving Brooks. I got him to win at plus thirty five hundred, forty nuggies, and then I got him to top twenty at plus two hundred for forty nuggies. You know, he's got one big push. I think this is gonna be a big year for him. And we'll see. Hopefully it starts this week. And then a couple of top ten finishes for the kids. Both 40 Nuggies, Joaquin Neiman plus 450, and Victor Hovland plus 225. Hmm. Thank you, Big. TC, what have you got, Mr. DK? I was I was able to watch some golf with the franchise, my father, this past <laughs> week, and, and he was asking, you know, how many Nuggies do you have on Hovland? How many Nuggies, you know? So I, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm, feeling, I'm feeling myself right now. Who's, well, who's the franchise's favorite player? Uh, he loves Spieth. Uh-huh. Loves Spieth. Love that. Um, Likes Rory as well. Just kind of, you know, standards. Uh, really likes Hovland, though, too. Um, I'm going all winners this week. Ooh. Wow. And, uh, you know, I, I cashed Somebody's the, the Gooch himself. top 20 play last week, the Rory uh, play, and then uh, and then also uh, almost hit on the Hovland play. So, uh, first and foremost, Colin Morikawa, 170 nuggies <laughs> plus 1,600 to win. <laughs> Hell yeah. Okay. So, all right. God, that's all right. sick. We're just going to get that out of the way right now. Okay. 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 Cool. Cool. You bitches cool. better cool. recognize. Cool. Okay. Okay. Uh, next, we're going Cam Smith, the dingo, <laughs> plus 3,000 for 15 nugs. I hope the weather gets shitty because I think he's a junkyard dog, man. Uh, and then three five nugget plays to close us out here. Oh, Billy Ho, 
Another mm-hmm. home game model is going, going off the charts right now. He's one of those guys. He'll play, play well three, four, five weeks in a row. He's just kind of like a microwave guy. Uh, plays out at Sawgrass, plus 5,500 to win for five nugs. Big money guy also. FedEx Cup, WGCs. Yeah. yeah. And big PGA Tour guy. Exactly. Too. Like, I like you that know, play. That's... You know, he's gotten just, he gets all sorts of mileage out of their commercials. Uh, Xander Shoffley. Plus twenty five hundred for five nugs. This feels like kind of a kind of like with Ricky a few years back. You know, Xander, I could see him kind of taking on that mantle as well. Mm. And then last one, I was kind of between Honest Abe and uh and Louis Oosthuizen. Going with Oosthuizen to win. Plus fifty five hundred for five nugs. Just feels like a you know, a Louis course. That would solidify it not being a major if that if that one <laughs> I, 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 I was gonna say I should have done a runner up. I, 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 I love Louis for that second place finish. <laughs> All right, I had uh, you know, gosh, getting getting wiped out by a couple withdrawals has been a tough tough go for me oh. this this so far this We're year. We're all very sorry about that. <laughs> Thank you, thank you very much. Hit hit the horse will play last week, but um, I'm excited to get back on the burger train. Fifty nuggets on this guy for a top ten finish at plus four hundred. I think he's a mutter. I think he's good in the wind. I think I agree. The data golf guys just absolutely their their models love this guy week in and week out, and he's been a successful successful play when I put it in play. Another one that jumped off the page. This is a really weird one, but it was just screaming at me. Top 20 finish for Martin Laird. 30 nuggets at plus 700. Dude, he's played really good here. Plus 700 yeah. for 30 nuggets. It's a it's a weird one. It could be a weird week. Uh, you know, that's just that's fantastic odds for a top 20. Another one, a guy, uh, just a tremendous iron player. You know, he throws darts at flags. It's on repeat. One of the top 10 in strokes gained approach on the PGA Tour. Has had an incredible start to the season. For a top 40 finish at plus 160, who is it? I bet you don't know. Tyrrell Hatton. Tom Hoagie. Wow. 50 oh, sure. nuggets on him. For a top 40 finish. God, remember when he won that tournament? Now, for this last one, I have two plays on this last guy, and we're going to go back. Um, it's been almost a decade now since this man went back to his hotel room, bathed his young son. <laughs> Chris, Kirk. Chris Kirk. Went to bed wow. and tried to prepare himself for this glorious madness, as Josh Elliott so eloquently put it. That was 10 it. years ago? I think it was 2013, oh, wasn't it? God, Maybe was it was so nine years old. ago. Maybe that was 15. I don't know when We might was. have to recreate that for the for the true 10-year anniversary. Chris Kirk for a top 40 finish, plus 120, 50 nuggets. But oh. also, Chris Kirk to win the Players' Championship, plus 10,000. 20 nuggets on that one. That will pay out 2,000 nugs. Does it worry you at all that he can't? For whatever you're going to say, of course. Of whatever you're going to say, absolutely. I'm terrified of this. But like He hits slinging draws. He hits a lot of slinging draws. You know, I'll say a little plug for our own content. We've got a uh, film room coming out this week. Ben and Cody playing TPC Sawgrass with expert commentary from uh, former Players Championship, many-time Players Championship uh, participant Matt Every. Adamant, adamant this is a drawer's golf course. Hmm. He's like, I, I've, I hit a fade. I can't play this place. There's all these different holes. You just fade doesn't. I'm sure there's people who hit draw that say the same thing in reverse, but uh, could be a big draw. I was trying to think, like, who's a big drawer? Chris Kirk could be the guy. Yeah, who else? Billy Horschel. I know. I was going to hmm. say that too. I, I, a guy that I wish I wish I would have seen this before we got on. Probably would have taken the place of my Oosthuizen play. Brian Stewart. Tyrrell Hatton. T two last week, T four over in Dubai, T six at Abu Dhabi. He's playing some good golf right now. He's and I feel like he's kind of a mutter. I feel like the Florida men might might get in his head. <laughs> There'll be some really <laughs> drunk Florida Florida men out there. That's true. Uh, but we'll see. Let, should we throw it to the Beluga? Yeah, we'll throw it to the oh, Beluga. Uh, Randy, we, oh, hold on. Have we forgotten about perhaps the best mutter, Jordan Spieth? 
I'm shocked he's not showing up anywhere. His record is terrible. It's, it's I looked into it, Randy. Couldn't 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 trust it. The 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 on chain data was not supporting it. I think if the weather gets nasty, I'm I'm looking for Giordo to make a move this weekend. I, I don't know He's if there'd a be links a... master, Randy. This isn't a links course. <laughs> I don't know if there'd be a group in the world that would be more happy to to, yeah. to see that and hear that. So we'll we don't want to jinx them. Question for the group too before we send it to the beluga. Favorite hole out there. 16. 16. I mean, I 16, I almost think we should do like non-16, 17, 18 division. It's right, a more non, interesting answer. Non-16, non 17, 18 division. I like 13 a lot. I think that's a fun part three. 13 is really 13's cool. cool. Yeah, um, I, I kind of like them all. It's hard to choose. <laughs> <laughs> They're all Randy's children. Uh, Four is a popular answer, of course. Uh, I think six has really grown on me. Six, six is really, good. really cool. Six is cool. Those trees. Yeah. Uh, I'm a, yeah I'm, Not 12. I'm in the four camp. I love 11. 11 is great. awesome. Uh, I'm gonna go with four though. Fourteen's grown on me. Really cool, hard so hole. So hard, it's so hard. But it's so cool to watch those guys play it. It's I'm a gonna great go golf course. Yeah. I'm gonna go with eleven. That that's that hole is just it is as perfect of a risk reward as you can get. You can yeah. bail as far left as you want with that approach, and you're not gonna like where you end up. It's such a bad approach. It's like, horrible from over there. Yeah, like send it. Yeah, but so. then if you get in that micro bunker on the left or in the back <laughs> bunker, you're screwed too. So, good luck. Yeah. With that, let's send it over to the Beluga and everyone enjoy Players Championship Week. Cheers. Greetings, the Beluga here. About to take off for South America, but it's Monday, so we got to get our picks in. We got our animal shirt on. Absolutely vibing from wedding weekend. Got some new hardware and uh, starting to recover um, from a good time. Uh, I am in the pouch this week, which is unfortunate, um, but you know, I, I asked Max Homa um, if he'd be willing to uh, take on my pouch punishment. I believe it's gonna be to, uh, to you know, shotgun a beer, um, you know, as maybe a wedding gift. Since he couldn't make it, since he didn't miss the cut, since he didn't win, you know, maybe help a guy out with a wedding gift. So. We'll keep you posted on that. Um, but this week, I've got five plays, 20 nuggies each. We're going three winner plays. Morikawa to win, plus 1,600. I think that's going to be a popular one with the boys. We've got Hovland to win, plus 2,000. Tough finish at Bay Hill, but uh, he seems to be vibing. And Patrick Cantlay, I think Treadstone kind of comes into uh, to TPC and you know, starts executing people. That's plus 2,000. Uh, and then we're going with a couple of home game picks. The models are buzzing. Camp Smith, top 10, plus 330. And Billy Ho, top 10, plus 450. Uh, just ball strikers up and down those five picks. 20 nuggies each. I will not be watching, nor do I care. Um, but uh, there you have it. See ya. Thank you, Mr. Beluga. As mentioned at the top of the show, we have an interview from the Callaway shoot uh, with Sam Burns talking about this week's players. So I heard the phrase that there were a lot of unhappy millionaires last week. Do you know what I'm what I'm talking about when I asked that? I think so. I think so. <laughs> what did you think of Bay Hill last week? You know, I think Bay Hill is a fantastic golf course. I think it's a great test. I just think in the last few years at times it's gotten a little, you know, it's hard because golf fans don't want to hear even the slightest critique of course setup, even if it's legitimate. Here's my thing. Um, I, I'm totally for making it hard. I think it should be hard. I think it should be difficult. But at the same time, I think it should be fair. Yeah. And but what does that mean? You know, where is that line? And, you know, how do we 
get to that point of, you know, okay, this is not fair. This is kind of ridiculous. Um, and I think, I think that line was flirted with. I'm not necessarily saying that it was ridiculous. It was, it was obviously really hard. I mean, anytime the, you know, the score and average is 75, 76 on the weekend, it's difficult. But at the same time, I think the person who played the best won. It's, it's probably still more fun to watch than, you know, a straight birdie fest. But I think, you know, there is something, there's so much to that word fair, right? That's why I'm asking as many guys as I can. I'm trying to get this, drill this message home as much as I can as to what the word fair means. So in your mind, what, what does that mean? I'll give you a great example. Number six last week, par five, famous par five, number six. Straight downwind pretty much every day on the tee shot. And it's almost impossible to, it was almost impossible to hit that fairway. And through the fairway, you have, you know, five or six inch rough. And, you know, let's say two of the four days, I could only hit a gap wedge from that rough just to advance it 80 yards. So let's say they make that rough two and a half inches and you're standing there 180 yards to the front edge of the green. It's a great hold then because you're you're, you're trying to hit on the green at that point. And you're going to see more balls in the water. You're going to see more balls catch flyers go in the back bunker or the back rough. And it makes it a much better hole. But when all the guys are basically doing the same thing from that spot, it's just kind of like, well, I don't understand. Like, what? what's the point? Exactly. You know? At one point, the question became, can you hit a 330-yard drive in the air with enough backspin to hold a firm fairway to prevent it from going in the rough? You're almost hoping to, like, heel cut it enough to where it would stay in the fairway and then you could have a chance. So how does that differ from the test that we're going to see this this uh, upcoming week at the players? Yeah, I don't know. I don't know how the golf course is going to play this week. Um, obviously, we're going to get some wind, um, but I don't see. I don't think you'll see the conditions get as firm just because of the forecast with rain and whatnot. But you know, this is a place that you you can't really fake it around here. You have to play solid golf. You have to hit really quality shots into the greens. And what does fake it mean? I hear that a lot. Well, it's, you know, it's one of those things where like last week, for instance, if you're not hitting really solid iron shots and like number 13 last week, it's a, you're hitting a four iron off the tee and you have a wedge into that hole. If you miss the fairway, it's almost an auto layup, which it, I mean, you, you miss the fairway with a four iron, so you should be penalized. But if you, let's just say you, catch it just a hair spinny or you miss it just a little bit coming to that green you're probably going to hit it in the water and if you pull it left and bail out in the left rough it's not great either so that's you know that's kind of what i'm talking about when i say fake it like you have to hit two quality shots even though it's a 360 yard hole i would say like the phrase fake it also translates to just like there's consequence right for every shot right a good a difference between a good shot and an average shot like is going to have a solid chance it has an impact on your score right yeah right do you dig in at all to stats and how that, you know, something in a scenario like that might, might play an effect on your overall score? Yeah, a little bit. Like, for instance, like last week on the weekend, you know, there's a few holes out there that I knew, you know, this hole par four, it's playing four and a half. So if I'm standing in the middle of the fairway with an eight iron in my hand, I'm not necessarily thinking, oh, I need to make a birdie here. I need to hit it to 10 feet. I'm thinking, let's hit it to 30 feet, give ourselves a look, two putt it and move on. We just gained half a shot on the field. So what does the Players' Championship mean to you? I, I, I hate asking that question. It feels super cheesy, but it's gone through a lot of identity ups and downs, I think, over the years. I've grown more appreciative of it uh, you know, over the years, but just straight up for you, what, what does the Players' Championship mean? Yeah, I think um, you know, it's, it's our championship, uh, as you could say, but I think you know, it's, it's one of those events that you get done with your career and you look back, and a win at that tournament means 
a lot. Um, it, it feels like a major, just the atmosphere and, and how it plays on the weekend and when it gets firm and fast. And it's just, it's, it's one of those events that every guy looks forward to. Everybody wants to win the Players' Championship. And so I think, um, you know, it's funny that you say, like, it, it's changed over the years. But, yeah, I think it's, it's becoming more and more um, – you know, an event that everybody really, yeah, exactly. I feel like it's aging really well. I think it's, it's maturing, if you will. Not, you know, it's one thing to learn too, as a fan, like you don't, it's, you know, it, the top players are not there every single week, the players and the majors, that's it really. Does anything change for you playing for, you know, the biggest person uh, in, in golf history? I guess at the end of the week, it could. Um, <laughs> yeah. And you know, the point of, of all the top players being there, that's, you know, that's another thing that, um, you know, it's huge for, you know, let's just say you have a really good week and you you win or you finish top five or top ten. You can gain a lot of confidence on that because the best players in the world are at that event and you know you just beat a lot of quality players. And so I think that's another aspect of it as well. So your your recent stretch, you went MC, 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 T9. As plain as possible, how does that happen? <laughs> yeah, I think um, going back to – you know, some just some swing changes I made last year um, following missing three cuts in a row um, down here in Florida. And we just kind of looked back and was like, you know, we there's areas we need to improve in my golf swing. And so we started working on those things. And over time, it just – it got too much. You know, those things that I was working on became – I needed to kind of rewind a little bit um, and, and go back. And so those – in those three weeks, it was just kind of searching. And I couldn't really pinpoint exactly what it was. And then – had a week off. Uh, my coach and I just we went out of town. And just said, "Hey, let's let's get to work. Let's figure this out. Um, something's obviously wrong." So we did, um, and when we found something, and you know, it was great last week because it, how difficult it was playing. You know, it gave me a lot of confirmation that I was making the right changes and, and doing the right things. And so, yeah, it's it's funny how you just have those ups and flows in golf and. That's kind of what it was. What did you change in your swing and what, what made you decide you needed to change something? Yeah. So originally last year around this time, I was getting a little deep too early, like my left arm kind of getting behind me a little bit too early. I was having to reroute the club. And so I started doing a kind of a rehearsal of trying to get my arms more out in front of me. And I was doing that, but over time it just, I wasn't rotating as I was taking the club back. And so it just kind of put me in a weird, like, lifty laid off open face um and just felt like I had to like wait on it to kind of time it up and just led to a lot of inconsistencies and so basically we just said you know this takeaway is how we want it but I need to rotate while I'm trying to get the club more in front of me and I started doing that I hit a lot more solid a lot I felt like I had a lot more command uh, with my irons and so yeah it's been it's been great so far What's the process like? You know, I think it's something people maybe don't have appreciation for is when you're making a swing change, both the process of the hybrid of working on it, practicing it, practicing, thinking about the technical thoughts versus going and competing in a golf tournament without thinking the thoughts. When can you recognize that you, your body is recognizing the changes you've made? You don't need to think about them anymore. What's that process? Right. Like? It, it's, it's so much different when you're on the driving range and you're hitting shots and you know things are starting to feel how you want it to. And then you you know, okay, let's go to the golf course and hit some shots. Um, and then you kind of work through that process and you get comfortable doing that. And then, all right, let's play some holes. And you go through that and you're hitting different shots. Um, and then you get under the gun. And always under the gun, you're going to go back to what is comfortable and what you have worked on a lot. And so for me, I think it is 
during those three weeks, I kind of had an idea of what it was. Um, but at the same time, I just wasn't ready to do it in, you know, in competition. And so it's a weird timetable of how it works. You know, sometimes it clicks immediately and sometimes it takes a few weeks or months. So just kind of working through that. So what is your, what is going through your mind, I guess, swing thought wise, mechanics wise, you know, when you're kind of struggling in these weeks versus you won PGA, two PGA tour events last, last year. What is, what, how clear is your mind? What, what are your technical thoughts when you're swinging it? Great. Probably aren't nearly as many as when you're not. Yeah. I think, you know, whenever you're, whenever you're kind of grooving it and everything is, you know, the shots are seem easy. Um, there's not a lot of thinking going. It's just, Hey, this is what we got. This is what we're trying to do. Let's just execute the shot and you go. For me, whenever I was struggling, it was just a lot of confusion. Like, where in the world is that shot coming from? Because, like, I usually don't hit that shot. You know, I don't know what that is. And so you just kind of get – you can get lost. um, And you you start going through so many different scenarios in your head. Maybe it could be this. Maybe it could be that. And it's just – it's not great. It's like a spiral. Um, So I think for us, just trying to simplify it and say pinpoint it. You know, this is exactly what it is. Let's get to work on it and uh, improve. I don't know how to ask this question, but it, it's something, a, a takeaway I have from watching you in contention is it, it looks like you are very well prepared to thrive. You're almost kind of in show off mode a little bit in that some people get a little timid or make some questionable decisions coming down the stretch, but it looks like Valspar last year. If I look back at that, there was not, I don't remember one timid moment, one half swing, one question mark. It was like, I'm going to go get it and take it right now. What's your, yeah. is that how you feel? Yeah, I think a couple of things to that. I would say in the past, I have shied away from those moments. And then, you know, when you get done, you're just so frustrated with yourself. Like, you know, why, like, why would I be scared of that? You know? Why did, yeah. What does shied away mean? Right. Like, you know what shot you want to hit, you know what the shot requires, but you're not quite committed enough to try the shot or hit the shot. And so I think just having enough of those experiences like LA for, for instance, like coming down the stretch just wasn't ready. I just wasn't, you know, simply ready enough for that moment. And so Another thing is out here, you just don't know how many opportunities you're going to get at those. And so I feel like the next time, and I think it was probably Valspar, I just felt like I was ready. Crashed and burned uh, before that and, you know, made some changes and made some adjustments and just said, hey, if, you know, next time we get this opportunity, we're going to take it because, you know, you just don't know how many you're going to get. Is that something that's, e- is it, I guess, no, you know, having won a couple times and then going through just a brief period of struggles there, is it, is it harder to re like, you know, you've had this great success, right? You should have this thing that you are able to draw on. Does it make it even more frustrating when you're not playing as well after that? Yeah, for sure. You know, you've, you, you know, you practice so hard and you work so hard to be in contention, to have chances to win. And when you're missing cuts or finishing 50th, it's just, it's frustrating. It's not what, that's not why you work so hard to finish 50th. Um, and so for me, I feel like, you know, that, that was a tough time, but also, you know, at the same time, it's, it's great perspective for, I I don't always know how long I'm going to have the chance to play on the PGA tour. Um, you know, Lord willing, it's, you know, another 20 years, but, um, I don't know. And so I think in those moments, it really makes you appreciate, uh, you know, when you play well, when you win and when you're in contention. There's a certain amount of confidence you've had to have to made it onto the PGA tour to begin with. Is it, what, what is the transition like, or is it always been this way for you in, in confidence and convincing yourself, say, that you are a top 10 player in the world, that you are a winner on tour? Is that something you feel like you've had to go through? Is that a learning process? Yeah, for sure. I think it's, um, you, you, you always believe you can do it. You always think you're capable of it, but it's kind of almost proving it to yourself. Um, you know, I don't feel like I have to prove it to 
fans. I don't feel like I have to prove it to other people. It's I want to prove it to myself that the things I'm working on, the things that you know I'm trying to get better at, or I'm doing the right things and I'm making progress in those areas. And so I think it's just a confirmation of seeing that on the golf course, seeing it under intention, um, especially you know like last week in difficult difficult conditions, just hitting uh, hitting some shots. For people that aren't familiar with, with your background, your amateur golf record and where you where you grew up and how you, how you got to the PGA Tour, can you give people a little bit of insight into that? Yeah, so grew up uh, in Shreveport, Louisiana, um, home of David Toms, Hal Sutton, um, obviously great names in the game of golf. But I didn't really grow up, you know, solely focused on golf. I played a lot of other sports, football, basketball, baseball, kind of everything growing up. And my dad and brother both played college football, so we were always kind of a football family growing up. Just kind of got into golf through playing with my dad and my brother because they both played and had some really like quality players. Uh, Philip Barbary, Nathan Johnson, both played at LSU, uh, Eric Ricard. Um, so played with them a ton growing up, and they always would just destroy me. Um, and it was really frustrating, and I hate, hated losing to them. And I think, you know, I think that was just kind of the competitive nature of wanting to beat those guys and trying to figure out ways to, to get better, um, kind of drove me to improve. And I think, you know, that's kind of how I fell in love with the game, just going out there, spending all day at the golf course, um, you know, just playing holes. Like we would get done with school and just play as many holes as we could till dark. I'd never really sit on the range or sit on the putting green and practice a ton. It was always playing. And so I think that's, you know, how I initially fell in love with the game. And then over time, just continued to improve and um, started having success at, you know, junior level, amateur level, and then as I got through college. Which, yeah, you were college player of the year, so you're being a little bit modest there at that. But I you, you're, I, I don't follow college golf as closely as I, I probably should, but I remember you came into the, the my, my uh, I guess, first impression or first learning of you was the Walker Cup snub. Is this something you're tired of being asked about, or is that something you still carry with you as a Because it didn't made, make sense. People were trying to make sense, people that followed it way closer than I did, of how much success you had, yet you weren't taken on that team. What's the story there, and what, how has that impacted your pro career? I, I wish I knew the story on that <laughs> one. Um, you know, I never really – I tried to get answers, um, but never really could. They would just kind of tell me the committee chose and – you know, no one would tell me who was on the committee or who I could speak to about it. But yeah, I think that was, that was obviously frustrating. Um, but at the same time, it was like, you know, something I could use as, you know, we call it chip on your shoulder, whatever you want to call it, just to get better. You know, it's kind of one of those things like, okay, you know, obviously there's something, you know, these people think that, you know, I'm not good enough to be on this team. And so, you know, let's not just sit here and be upset about it and pout about it and, you know, let's try to improve and, and get better. And so hopefully the next time this comes around, um, we'll leave them no choice. Which, unfortunately, it does come around here shortly into, into last year. Did you feel like you were 13th man on the, on the Ryder Cup team? I wouldn't put a number on it. Um, I would say I had a, I had a good year. Um, I could have had a better year. Um, you know, there were definitely certain events that I wish I would have played better in. And, you know, maybe that would give me a better chance to be on that team. Um but, you know, to be honest, I think, you know, obviously if you look at the team that, that was – the team was obviously really good. That's and, the hard uh, thing. It's like any other year, maybe ever. Yeah, I think you right, probably I mean, would have Yeah, it. so it's, it's just one of those things where it's like I'm friends with all those guys and, you know, I was happy to see them play well, happy to see them win. And so it was just like, man, it is what it is. You know, I'll, I'll do my best to be on the next team. And, you know, a lot of it is out of my control. There's only so much that I can do. And I just try to go out there and – play solid golf and hopefully you know it works out the next time 
So if we're looking at, you know, the success you've had on the PGA Tour, what, what, what will it take for you to make a leap when it comes to major championships, right? I think it's a natural progression that, you know, people have gone through. You know, what will it take for you? What, what is different about major championship tests versus what you see week to week and what's going to take for you to, to compete at that level? Yeah, I think for me, that's kind of the next step um, that I, you know, wanted to take is, you know, competing in majors and, you know, having a chance to win coming down the back nine. So I think now being in those events, um, kind of being able to plan my schedule around them, um, and plan how I, you know, lead up to them is going to be a lot more important rather than, you know, hopefully I get in or hopefully, um, you know, some things happen to where I can play. And so I think it's one of those things where, you know, it, sometimes it takes guys a little while to figure out, you know, what they need to do to compete in those. And maybe that's, you know, that's what it's going to be for me. But, um, I know that, we will put a good plan together and we'll be ready for the masters what have you yeah first masters coming up i know i'm not supposed to say that on the players championship preview here but is that have you got made any visits yeah i went uh i went a couple weeks ago um and it was really cool i got to go with my dad just us two um and and, you know a lot of people were out there and so it it was really neat just for us to experience that together for the first time and just kind of be a fan honestly just take it all in um and just enjoy it what have you what have you learned from major championships so far? I feel like, you know, a lot of the stuff we've talked about so far has involved some kind of learning, you know, from scar, you know, from previous failures. What have you learned from what would you say you're taking into the next, you know, set of majors? Yeah, I think a lot of times majors can just be so built up in your head and they just seem like they mean so much more, and which I understand they do. Um, but at the same time, like at the end of the day, you know, it's another event. It's, you know, it's the golf course. You're trying to play the golf course. And so if you can just try to figure out a way to limit the distractions that week, limit all the noise, um, and just focus on, you know, playing the golf course to the best of your ability. Um, I think that's going to be the key for me. How, uh, how up to speed would you say you are on, on the, the rumblings going around the PGA tour that are making quite a lot of news these days, how involved in any conversations, whether it's be PGA tour improvements or anything, are you? I, I'm pretty up to speed. You can ask whatever you want, but I'll say I'm up to speed. What I guess, yeah, we, we just had Harry Higgs on last last night and who was talking about, you know, his role within the pack and how, how much it's impacted things. But from your from where you're sitting, how it affects both you and the tour overall, what does the tour need to improve on in your mind? You know, for starters, this is probably one of the first times the tour has been seriously challenged. Um, you know, I know there's been talks in the past about other leagues and other, you know, events going on. But the way I look at it is I believe in Jay. I think he is great for the tour. I think he's great for the game of golf. Um, and I think he's going to do what's best for us as players. And I have full, full trust in him. And so, um, you know, anytime there's competition, whether it's in business or, um, you know, the PGA Tour versus some other league, you know, there's going to have to be improvements made. And I, I think the tour is doing that, you know, just from the talks that I've had with some people, you know, I don't know exactly what that's going to look like yet, but I know that they are coming. I think it helps that, you know, you have a, the, the largest person golf history coming up this week. I'm sure that helps quell things just a little bit for this, this coming week. But did you have any reaction to any of the, the points that Phil has made over the last several months and, and kind of how that has played out for him? Yeah. I, uh, to be honest with you, I've tried to, I've tried to stay away from just, talking a lot about it I think it's uh I would imagine you know Phil maybe said some things he wishes he didn't um I think that's fair to say I'm I'm sure he would agree and so I think for me just it's kind of one of those things like a lot of this is is, you know it's out of my control there's nothing I can do about it so I'm just going to try to kind of stay away from it I think it's kind of my best my best option you're a smart man you're a smart man 
What? Uh, so looking ahead again to this week, what? First of all, if you look at the weather forecast, and do you, do you know about fifty degree Florida cold? Not really. How many layer? Do you have the possibility to add layers for this week? Yes. Okay. Uh, yes. Because Harry was not is not prepared. I'll just say that straight up right now. But. What, uh, looking at, have you been out to the golf course yet? I went out there, uh, I went out there this afternoon, just chip and putt. Um, I haven't been on the golf course yet, but I'm, I'm sure it's in, you know, fantastic condition. I think, you know, it's interesting to see how much golf courses change from a Tuesday to a Saturday. Um, but I, I just don't know how much that's going to be possible with the weather we're going to have. Do you get in money games for in practice rounds or anything like that? Yeah, uh, Scheffler and I usually have a money game on Tuesday. Teammates or are you? Off no, the, just one on one. We play. We usually play nine holes. Just hundred bucks. Press whenever you want. I mean, I, I did get the best of him last week, but I think he. Uh, I think he got the best of me by the end of the week. <laughs> <Yeah>. So, <laughs> um, no, it's it's kind of our running game, but uh, nothing crazy. Just you know, just enough to get us excited. You need to do bets. I think you know for for tour pros. 100 bucks isn't going to make you feel anything either way. You need to do something where just the loser has to do something they don't want to do. Yeah. That will change the whole dynamic of it. 100%. But I think, you know, if Scotty and I played for $5, it'd still be a death match, it feels like. What is it like to play the 17th hole here at TPC in competition? I th- it's exhilarating. It's, uh, it's, it's one of those holes that it can change your whole golf tournament. Um, you see it happen every year, and it's just – you feel like you don't really think about that hole until you get there. And then you're like, okay, you're like, this is, this is a big hole. Um, especially for a 130, 140 yard shot, um, how much attention that hole gets, but it deserves it. I mean, it's every year it's, it, it seems like it comes down to, you know, the last couple of holes here. And, um, I think that's the, the finishing holes here are fantastic. I mean, you get 16, the par five, uh, it's gettable if you hit a good tee shot and then, um, 17, just takes a little bit off there and you can you can make a number quickly so if you get a little into off the left wind that shot is completely different non-17th hole division what holes out here keep you up at night Uh, or what shots in in particular the 12th hole is it's so much different now um than it used to be it used to be just a simple hybrid wedge hole that no water nothing but now i think it's it's a great hole it's you know it's a lot of times on the weekend, you know, if you get it down, you can hit three wood, kind of draw three wood in there, um, or you're almost trying to like hold, cut a driver off the water. And so if you bail out, it's not great. Um, it's, it's a tough shot from over there. And so I think it's, it's, a, it's a really good hole. It's, um, you know, you feel like you can make three or five before you blink. So I, I think it's a great hole, and I, I, it's one of my favorites. Are you much of a gearhead? How much, uh, how much into the equipment and tinkering are you? Not really. No. I try to find something that works and just hold on to it. Is it that easy to get dialed into stuff with TrackMan and things like what you guys have? Yeah, I think, you know, a lot of times for me, it's just what's comfortable. There's certain clubs that, like three wood, for instance, it's really hard to find a three wood that it's last. Um, and so once you do, it's kind of one of those you just hold on to. Like I've been playing the same three wood for three years now. Yeah, I don't, I don't dive deep into it because a lot of it's just over my head. And, and I just want don't, to, I don't, I don't want to know. I don't want to know what this means. I don't know what that does. Just give me something I can hit where I can go find it and hit it again. Do you change grinds or bounce or anything on, from grass types or anything? No. 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 You grew up chipping on Bermuda. You yeah. probably no. – that's the thing is if you grew up somewhere not Bermuda, you come down in here, like you can get some scars pretty quickly. Yeah, it's, it's, it's it. funny. You see guys that like grew up on the West Coast and then they get to Bermuda and they're like, what What in the world is this? Like this – what is this grass? I've never seen this. 
what is the technique for chipping on Bermuda? Because I'm still looking for it. I think, um, you know, especially this time of year at home, it's wet and tight. Um, and it's just, it's nasty. And so I think a lot of times I try to like almost like draw my chips, um, put it back a little bit and just kind of clip draw them. Because if you try to like pick them or, you know, spin them a ton, you just, you catch a lot of turf and that obviously doesn't go well in Bermuda. What are, what are some highlights of what you've learned so far from your pro career? Things you know now that you did not know when you teed it up for the first time on the PGA Tour. Yeah, I would say um, like final round in contention, um, you don't have to play perfect. I think for a long time I thought the guy who goes out on Sunday and shoots 65 is always going to win. Um, who plays flawless is going to win. It's just not the case, especially coming down the stretch. A lot of times you make a lot of pars, you're going to be in a good spot, especially in tough golf courses. And so – I think for me, um, just trying not to force force things in those moments. Um, just having a plan of you know, hey, this you know, this is going to be a hole that plays over par, and so get out there in the fairway. If you get it out of position, just get it back in position and give yourself a look. You know, don't don't force it and make six, and then feel like you got to try to make up for it. And so I think that's been a huge learning experience for me. Last question: What's the winning score going to be this week? Let's see. I would say, I mean, with the win, we're going to get. I'd be shocked if it gets to double digits. You see, you're supposed to just say whatever I shoot, and then you walk off, and then we play. Yeah, the music that's true. Um, I'm going to say eight under. Is there a chance it plays easy-ish though? If it gets, if it with a lot of rain, it gets soft. It could. Yeah. It could. I mean, the easy holes are going to play easy, but the harder holes are going to play more difficult. And so, yeah, you know, I just don't know. I don't know if 50 degrees and blowing 20. You know what that's going to look like. Very but true. We'll see. I'm ready for it to get here. Well, best of luck. Thanks for spending some time with us this week, and uh, good luck at the players this week. Thank you. Appreciate it. Be the right club. Be the right club today. Yeah. I mean, that's better than most. How about him? That is better than most. Better than most. 